welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Six circles of relationship formed around Jesus in his time on earth. In the outermost circle, there were the crowds, tens of thousands of people curious to learn more about the prophet from Galilee. Next, the 5,000, who journeyed out from their villages in desperate need of something from Jesus. Then the 70, who served Jesus' ministry. They wanted to do something for him. There were the 12, who Jesus called to leave their jobs and the worlds they knew to follow him. Then Peter, James, and John, who fully embraced the joy of Jesus as well as his sufferings. And finally, the one, John, who sat beside him at the Last Supper. He listened more closely than any other and recognized the Savior when no one else did. What can we learn from these circles of relationship about how we can get closer to Jesus today? Jesus is always calling you closer. place in the inner circle of Christ was something that I really wanted from the start. When he invited me to become one of the three, I was so excited. But it wasn't long, however, before I'd come to see that just like he had said, too much is given, much is required. I've since come to find that the closer one comes to Christ and his joys, the closer one comes to his sufferings. So the question becomes not, can I come closer to him? But how close do I really want to come to him? Am I ready for the heights and the depths of knowing Jesus more? Well, we are in this series, uh, six-week series. We're in week number five, and we're looking at the three. And we had that interruption for the last two weeks, and so I want to give a review. Uh, I've, I've still just so enjoyed this series. But obviously, we had John Bevere and then Lisa Harper here the last two weeks, and love that they were able to fill our pulpit. And uh, that was because uh, Becca and I joined the global team to Tanzania and went and dedicated that 5,000-seat auditorium uh, that Kingdom Builders helped uh, build. And I just want you to see one of the pictures I took from the stage as we were just leading this conference with 5,000 pastors in the auditorium. It was just amazing to see this building. And uh, it was overwhelming. That's just half of the building. Just so you know, that's only half. The other half you can't see. My camera couldn't take it in. And uh, thank you, Kingdom Builders, for building that. It was filled. The pastors were overjoyed. And uh, so we were there. And then when that trip was over with the global team, Becca and I went and just took a couple days and celebrated 30 years of marriage and uh, just relaxed. Yeah, 30 years. She stuck with me. It's pretty good. And speaking of celebrations also, Faribault this weekend is celebrating 10 years as a campus. They were our first campus in multi-site, and uh, what a great opportunity to celebrate 10 years with them. Now, let me give you a review, because we have that, that break there, uh, but we started with the crowd. We talked about the crowd, and they have to battle unbelief, and they listen, and they can know Jesus as Savior. Then there's the 5,000, and they can have to battle selfishness because God starts to bless them, and they could start loving the blessings more than they love the blesser. 
okay? And so then we talked about the 70, and they start serving God, but they've got to battle the work trap, and they just, they need to make sure that they're not just working for the Lord, but they actually, again, know the Lord of the work, okay? And then we have the 12, and we talked about that they leave and follow. They deny themselves. They take up their cross, and they follow, and they, they have to battle this, the self-will of, like, I, I want to do my own thing, but instead, I want to do what God wants me to do, and I want to take up my cross. I want the hard assignment. I want to say yes to the Lord. And now today we're going to look at the three, and it's a place of really deepening our faith. It's really deepening our faith with God. Our, our relationship with God is going to another level. And then next week, we're going to finish up the series with the one. And I want to let you know that at all of our campuses, every single service will be preached live by a different person, okay? We're calling it our Young Communicators Weekend. And so each service will be one of our young communicators. And some of them are like, I'm 40, I'm young. Well, you're younger than me, so you're young. And uh, so they're going to finish up the series. So you, you could just go to service after service and see how God spoke to each pastor differently to be able to preach out the close of this series. But that'll wrap it up. Now, in the crowds, again, there's hearing faith. There's hearing faith. In the 5,000, there's tasting faith. You know, God is blessing you. It's taste and see that the Lord is good. In the 70, there's serving faith. It's like, I'm going to serve. And, and by faith, I believe God has something for me to do. In the 12, there's that following faith. I want to follow him closer. I want to get close. And then in the, in the three, there's a deepening faith. It says, I, I, there's something deeper. There's a closer walk with God. I want to draw closer to my Lord and Savior. Now, before we look at the, the three, uh, I will point out that the three are Peter, James, and John. For those of you that didn't know that, of the 12 disciples that Jesus had, three of them, Peter, James, and John, were the three that really were the closest in this way. They are called the triumvirate, and uh, that means like the three leaders, Okay. And I, I want to look at them real quick uh, as before we get into just what it means to us to be part of the three, okay? These three had three unique experiences with Jesus. And I'm going to read some rather lengthy passages of Scripture, but these three, Peter, James, and John, were privy to three different experiences that the other disciples were not part of, okay? And Jesus brought them into these special moments, and I'm going to point those out to you. In Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 35, we have the raising of Jairus' daughter. Jairus was a, a leader, and he comes to Jesus and says, I know that you can heal my daughter if you'll come and touch her. It's interesting. The centurion, on a different story, was like, I know you can heal. Just speak the word, you know. But Jairus is like, I know you can do this if you touch her. And so he's like, you got to come to my house. Well, they get there finally to his house, and she has passed away. She has died. And we pick up the story in Mark uh, chapter 5. It says in verse 35, While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Do not be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. 
But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and disciples who were with him, and he went in where the child was. Let me just stop there for just a moment. I'll just follow this thought. When my brother Roger was in a head-on collision, was in a, a major coma, and people would come into the room, and they had no faith, and they would start to cry, and, oh, it's so bad. My mom was like, get out. He's going to live again, and if you're not coming in this room, you can't come in unless you believe he's going to live and he's going to be healed. And she even kicked my grandma out. Like, she's like, get out until you find faith. All right? So, anyways. Yeah. Now you know why I turned out the way I did, right? So there you go. Uh, but, but it says, but they laughed, and then he put him out, and he took the child's father and mother and his disciples who were with him, and he went in there where the child was, and he took her by the hand, and he said, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this, and he told them to give her something to eat. Imagine that. Peter, James, and John get a front row seat to the power of God at work. That's an, a, an amazing thing that the three get. The next one is the Mount of Transfiguration. Stick with me. I'm reading rather lengthy passages of Scripture, but it's just so good even on its own as we read it. In Mark chapter 9, we have the Mount of Transfiguration. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him, and he led them up to a high mountain where they were all alone, where there he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let's put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He didn't know what to say. They were so frightened. Side note on that. How many of you are kind of like, he's like, ah, and Jesus is like, nice try, nice try. Okay, not, not. and then it says, then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly they looked around. They no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. And they kept this matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. Wow, imagine that. They see in this moment, first, first experience with Jairus' daughter, the power of God. Now they see the glory of God. They see the glory of God. The other disciples, I mean, they're sticking. I so want to tell them, but he said not to tell them until later. They've just experienced something, the glory of God. One more, the Garden of Gethsemane in Mark chapter 14. It says, they went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Side note, the eight disciples, eight, I say eight because Judas had left to betray him. The eight were on watch at the entrance to the garden, maybe looking for enemies or something. But the other three, Peter, James, and John, he's like, watch. I'm in a time of agony. Eyes on me. This is my darkest. I'm fighting for my life right now, and I'm asking for some friends to have eyes on me, watch with me. And we know the story. We know the story that they actually fell asleep in this moment where he's like, I need somebody to be there with me. I need somebody to just help me in this moment, and they fall asleep. 
It says, going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if it was possible, this hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said, Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back again, he found them sleeping, but their eyes were, because their eyes were heavy, they did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting enough? The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. I mean, in this moment, we see in the suffering, in this moment, it wasn't him being placed on the cross, but it was finally that resolve of saying, I know what I'm going to do. I know what God the Father has placed me on this earth. I've, I've fought, I've wrestled. I've wrestled between do it, not do it. I've wrestled through and I'm determined now on this moment to face exactly what God the Father has asked me to do. Man, three unique experiences that they see. The suffering and just the resolve of Jesus, the glory of God in Jesus, and then we see the power of God. These are special things. And I want to tell you this, if you want to get to this level of following Jesus, these are the things you're going to experience more of. You're going to start to see the power of God at work. You're going to start to see the glory of God. And you're going to want to take your life and say, may my life be used for your glory and for your honor. And you're going to start to see things and going into a level of maybe even suffering and saying, God, I will do this for your glory and for your honor. I am resolute. I'm determined to follow you in this level of obedience. We see from this level of inner circle, these are, these are the three people that are closest to Jesus. I mean, people have talked about, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future. People have said, like, the law of the inner circle. John Maxwell, friend and author, you know, he said, you know, hey, you just, you, you look at the law of the inner circle and whoever is closest to you, that's going to determine how far you're going to go. Well, Jesus is way beyond these three and he picks these three to go with him. And to be honest, no leader would have really picked these guys, really. I mean, when you look at it, they would have failed every interview. You'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah, sorry, you're out, Peter. Um, you're erratic, you're compulsive, you're slow to listen, you're quick to at, react. Uh, sorry, Peter, you're out. James and John, you would have said, okay, sorry, you guys are out too. You're impatient, you're intolerant, you're quick to judge, you're prideful, you're self-seeking. Okay, sorry, you're out. And yet Jesus is like, I'm taking you with me. I'm forming you. I'm giving a glimpse of what I want to show you. I'm giving a glimpse of what I want others to be able to, to pursue with me, a level of intimacy. I mean, James and John, when I talked about them being erratic, I mean, these are people in the Lord's inner circle and this is the issue. They go into a village, and they don't welcome Jesus. And it says in Luke 9, verse 53, but the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? <laughs> so before you think that just Peter was the only crazy one, like Jesus' inner circle was like three rejects, you know, and anger issues. And when I look at that, I just think like, there's hope for us. There's hope. I mean, it's kind of like 1 Corinthians says, God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So he gets the glory, you know, and that's what it looks like with these guys. But there's, there's an intimacy there. Interestingly enough, these three are the only ones that get nicknames. Jesus actually gives these three nicknames. Of course, you know, we know Peter, Rock, and, and then uh, the, the 
two boys, uh, James and John, they're called the sons of thunder, maybe because of their anger, but it's interesting. These three represent the extremes. Peter was the oldest disciple. John was the youngest disciple. James lived the shortest of any disciple. He died first. John lived the longest of any disciple. So they're the extremes. I don't know if it's saying if you can't, you're not too old to be a disciple, you're not too young. It doesn't matter how long you live. It matters if you live for the one you love. It matters if you're living for your Lord and Savior, not if did you live a long life for something that didn't matter. These three were closer than the rest of the other disciples, but I want you to know all of us can be this close. It's not exclusive. It was a limited number for the 12 disciples that there could be three, but it was a glimpse of how close we could be to God to see his power, to experience his glory, to to identify with his suffering and say, God, I'll be obedient even through the suffering, power, glory, suffering, the highest of your joys, the deepest of your depths of struggle. I want to be there with you. And I want to let you know this. In many ways, I feel this. I, I, I don't want to be presumptuous. I, I want you to receive this in the right way. But I feel like our church is at a three level right now. And what do I mean by that? I feel like God is calling us to this level. God is calling us to say, I, I, I want you to show my power stronger. I want you to show my glory stronger. I want you to, to enter into the suffering. I want you to do the hard things. And I feel really as a church, like that's where we're at. And I know there's lots of people in the crowd and we thank God for visitors. And, and I want visitors every single week. I want you to leverage that and invite them. I want you to work. I want you to do all the other things. But I feel like as a church, this is where we're at. We're like right on this edge spot right now with, with this three, this intimacy level. I see this in a couple ways. I see that um, our worship level at our church I will have people say, I, I love your church. Your worship's a little intimate for me. It's a little like, like people raising their hands and they're going for it. And they're, I mean, uh, in the service we just finished during worship, I almost went up on stage and said, just come to the front. Let's just keep worshiping. The power of God was so strong. I was like, I, I, I almost thought we don't need a sermon. You know, we'll just go with worship. And all the charismatics would have been like, yeah, that's a great service. But I just... There's a worship level. And I want to speak to our worship leaders for just a moment. Be intimate with God. Keep pulling us forward and just make sure you bring us with you. Make sure you bring us with you as you worship Jesus and we have that intimate, just we, we desire to have your glory. We want to worship you. We want to praise you, Lord. Uh, just bring us with you. I'll never forget years ago, Pastor Ryan was singing a special music number. And for those of you that don't know, he's our head worship leader, Pastor Ryan. He's on our CD quite a bit. And, uh, and, and he's at Apple Valley Campus. And um, he was doing a, a worship song. And, and the presence of God was so strong. And, and a lady on the front row, she just stood up during the special music number. And then everybody started standing up. And afterwards, I asked her, I said, man, you just jumped to your feet. She said, oh. Pastor Ryan was going somewhere, and he was taking me with him. You know, I was going. And I agreed. I agreed. I know that people say, you could tone down your worship. You could really make it more sedate, and you could probably could grow so much more. I, I believe God wants us to press in with that intimacy. I believe he does. I believe it's part of the unique calling upon our church. Another thing, I, I believe that there's 
We need more people that are willing to go to this level and say, God, bring me closer. Let me do that. Let me, let me find this level with you. Because many of our people that achieve this level, I want to say this right, many of the people that get to this level of intimacy, of saying, show me your power, show me your glory, be glorified in my life. I want my life to matter and shine your glory. I would suffer for you, Lord Jesus. I would do whatever it takes to bring glory and honor. Many of those people, many of those people sign up to be part of our 500 that we're sending out as missionaries. It doesn't mean that it's exclusively a missionary, but something happens in this level where you're like, I want to be glorified. I'm willing to suffer. I'm willing to do whatever you ask. And then what we do as a church is we ship them out to the world, which is the right thing to do. It's part of our calling. But you know what I need? I need an aggressive group in this church that says, I'm the next one to go to that level of intimacy with God. If he wants to send me into all the world, then so be it. If he wants me to stay where I am, then I'm going to be intimate with my Lord and Savior. I want to pull this church forward. I want to glorify God in my life. I'm willing to suffer. I'm, I'm going I'm to pray. I'm going I'm to fight through this. I want to get to the level and I want to see Jesus glorified. We're not just building a crowd here. It's a congregation. It's a church that's doing all the things that we said. But at this point, it's about Jesus. Just be magnified in our life. As we draw closer to you, whatever you need us to do, we're willing to say yes to this. We're saying, God, we desire more power, more glory for your honor, and more of just a, a willingness to say yes to anything. And it's not about, it's not about, people say, well, I, I want a deeper church. I want a deeper, and sometimes I get so angry about that. Sometimes people say like, well, it's not deep enough. It's not deep enough for this. Here's the thing about getting deeper to this level. It's not about book knowledge. It's not about head knowledge. A lot of people are like, I want Greek. I want commentary. I want to learn something I didn't know. This is not a level where you're like, I'm going to get smarter. This is, this is a level that says I'm going to be in his presence more. That's what it means. It means I'm going to be in his presence more. It means I'm going to spend time in my, my soap devotional, and I'm going to let God's word speak to me. I'm going to spend time in prayer with him. And as he speaks to me, I'm going to draw closer to him in his presence. It's about, um, you know, less about knowing about the events of the Bible and stepping into the event of today that God wants to use you in. It's like, I want to step into it right now. I want the power to flow through me. I want your glory to shine through me. I want, I want to deflect all the praise and honor to you. I, 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 want, I want your will to be done in my life. And it's not about, and again, I'm, I'm all for smarts and buy commentaries and watch things and learn the Greek. I'm all for that. But this level of intimacy is not about, did I learn something new at church? But it's, did I enter into the events myself? Because you can't just talk about it. Like, yeah, yeah, it's out there. You got to be there. Peter, James, and John were there in the events, in the moments. And that's why they were exposed to this. And we get in this and we jump into this. And you've got to walk past the crowds that are saying, thank you for saving me. I'll stay right here. You got to walk past those that love the blessings and say, thank you for all your blessings and I'll stay right here. You got to keep pressing forward and say, I want to get into the mix. And if I can give you a little secret, here's something that has become a secret of ours as a church. Um, global teams. I'm just going to tell you straight out, it's kind of a secret in our church. Um, when you go on a global team, how many know this? When you go on a global team, you think, I'm going to that country. I'm going to do so much good for them. They have never seen a Christian like me. Here I come. 
watch out Tanzania, right? And then you go to Tanzania. How many know? Everything you thought you were going to do for them, God starts doing stuff in you. And he starts working on you. And you're just like, oh. And then the power of God does something in an incredible way. And you start seeing the power of God, you know, just like they did with Jerry's daughter. And then the glory, you're on the global team. And it's not about, hey, Pastor Rob showed up. It's about God's amazing and to him be all the glory and honor and praise. Not me. I'm nobody. And then you start to suffer and you suffer in two, two things. First of all, you have a little first world suffering. You're like, my air conditioning wasn't working. You know what I mean? You're like, Lord, help us. All right. And then you see real suffering. And you see people that are honoring God through suffering. I'm there in Tanzania, and I'm seeing 5,000 pastors that are sleeping on foam mattresses or concrete floor, getting up at 5 in the morning so they can pray at 5.30 until 7. There's no shower facilities. It doesn't matter. There's like just a line of latrines that, that we built for them, and they're just using those. And they're coming in, and they're, and they're ready to worship God. And, and, they're, and they're talking about this person might die and this person's been beat and this person was left for dead and this person survived in a lion attack and this, and they're, and they're just like, but may God be praised and may be, be glorified. And as I'm watching that, I'm like, the power of God's working through us. He gets the glory. These people are really, really laying it on the line. And you leave that trip and you come back and you know what happens? You start to live differently. You start to read the word of God differently. You start to worship differently. You start getting hungry for more. And you're like, I want more. I want to get, and you get addicted. And we watch, we watch people that go to once and they go again. And here's, I know some people are like, well, I don't, I, I don't want to go on a global team. I don't, I, I don't want that. Yes, yes, you do. Yes, you do. You want to get to that level of intimacy with God. He's your Lord and Savior. You want to get that close to him. Could you imagine? Hey, I'm picking three people for a special assignment. You get special access to this person and you say, no, no, not me, not me. I don't want special. Yes, you would. You'd volunteer for that. Man, in this, in this level, when you get into the events, all of a sudden, we move from making statements about our Savior to really knowing our Savior. That's what happens. It goes, it just moves forward. And all of a sudden you say, God, I'm ready to go to the next level. In this level, uh, the author of the book, The One Jesus Loves, Robert Crosby, I love this book. I've enjoyed it so much. And I've loved that it's helped us to preach these sermons. He says this as I close. Are you ready for your heart to be filled with joys you'd nev you've never known? Man, that's what this level is about. The highest of highs, when you see the power of God at work. When you realize your little insignificant life can bring glory and honor to your Lord and Savior and magnify your Father in heaven, man, joys, joys, joys. But also he says this, are you ready for your heart to be torn into pieces by struggles and challenges? The highest of highs, the lowest of lows, and yet God is with you, and yet you will know him better you will know him greater. You will find great joy in this. And many people don't press to this spot, but I believe God has our church right now in this spot with the anointing on this house for worship. It's not just songs. We believe the presence of God changes things. And there's a spirit of worship on this house that says we will worship God. His glory will be lifted up in this place. His power will be manifest. We believe that there's signs and wonders that still happen today. 
I also believe that there's a unique calling upon our church. That's why I believe it's so much at this level of three for us is saying the 500 missionaries. I've never heard of any other church ever wanting to do that. And yet, if we're going to do that, we're going to need more people that say, I'm ready to go to this next level of intimacy. It doesn't mean that it's for sure going to call, but I'm telling you what, something happens within you where you start saying, I want to live for something different. I want to live for something different. There becomes a joy in the giving. There becomes a joy in the serving. There becomes a joy in the sacrifice because you start to know God in a greater and greater way. At this level, I love what Crosby says, and I'll close with this statement. He said, this level, we don't need another speech, but we need worship that leaves us speechless. I'm praying that our worship here in our church, whether it's private, whether it's public, and we're in this place together, would leave us speechless. We'd have no words that could even express how much we love our Savior. We'd, have, we'd, we'd long for an ability for what we feel on the inside to be captured by our loving Heavenly Father because we're so in love with them. We're saying, for your glory, for your honor, for your praise, God, if, if it requires suffering, I'll take it. I'll go from the highs and the lows, but I desire for you to be glorified. I pray that we'll pursue them with all of our heart. I pray that we'll go to this level. We'll say, God, we're, we're fighting to get into that level. It's, it's, it's not exclusive, but it'll cost us something. And we're willing to pay that price. God, we desire to be closer to you. So God, I pray that right now that we would go to this level. We'd say we desire to be closer. I pray our worship would be more intimate. I pray that our, 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 our prayer times with you would be stronger. I pray that our time in your word would be enlightening, would just jump off the page. I pray that instead of just wanting to learn more about you, we'd want to jump into those events of today. We'd say today would be the day that a miracle could happen. This week would be the week that your glory could show up in such a, an amazing way that we'd have to fall to our knees and, and not be able to just even contain it. But God, we desire for you to be glorified. We desire for you to be honored. We desire for you to be lifted up. And God, I just pray that our, our, our worship would just leave us speechless because your presence would be so strong in this church. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I close by praying for the 500 that we're sending out. And I pray against any fear that people say, if I get too close, I might become one of them. Praise God if that was you. Praise God if that was you. I pray that there just be an, a, a desire that says we want to draw closer to you. We want to do whatever will bring glory and honor to your name. Thank you, God, for that. May you be praised. May you be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.